You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And this week, we had the distinct pleasure of learning the origin of Snake Eye. For 600 years, our ninja have brought peace to the world. But things have changed. I need warriors like you to become the future of the clan. It's yours, if you want it. Let's go. I can't change your past. can offer you something more important. Home. Pleasure is a <laughs> word I'm not sure I would have used, but maybe, maybe at <laughs> times, I got to say, I'm, it's at, at time of recording, it's about 10 o'clock p.m., AM this would have been a very different experience. But PM, I'm I'm tired. I think that movie gave me a little bit of a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what thoughts I actually have about the film. I'm sure as we talk. Yeah. Th- it'll it'll so let's bubble up to the let's surface. Let's begin by saying uh, there'll be spoilers here. We're not doing a spoiler-free version. I think the spoiler-free version is wait for HBO or uh-huh. whoever yeah. puts this all this is not one necessarily for the theaters unless you're hoping that the uh, extended G.I. Joe universe will continue, and, and so we'll get to see these characters again by pumping enough money into the screen to get them there. But, uh, you uh, know, I think this yeah. is definitely one for uh, television uh, in some way, some monitor experience on streaming. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. As in, you're saying don't go to the theater to see this. I am saying that. That's the that's, that's the I, non-spoiler review. I fully agree. I fully agree. I think I'm gonna be honest. I think the 40 foot screen is too big to be able for your <laughs> eyes to be able to handle what's going on. So let me say this: if you are like an AMC Stubbs member, this could be the third film you watch in a week. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, I need to fill my quota, <laughs> right. just go see Snake right. Eyes. I want to make sure I've done it. Go see yeah. Snake Eyes. But um, I would say otherwise, wait till it's a portion of your. I don't know, Amazon Prime viewing or yeah. Netflix viewing or this HBO Max, whatever. This will hit some kind of streaming service somewhere. And if it doesn't, you can rent it for $3 on Blu-ray or Redbox. But listen, if but I, don't, I wouldn't even do that. I'm if you're a G.I. Joe completist, you can feel comfortable purchasing this. Sure. 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 I got to tell you, I haven't seen, I don't know anything about the G.I. Joe universe. I don't know. I don't know a single thing. Uh, so far, t- I didn't play with any of the toys growing up. Okay, like great. I don't know. I have no familiarity with any of this universe. I didn't see the other two films starring Channing Tatum. I think The Rock was in one of them as well. Bruce Willis is in one. No, stop! Really, it is. Bruce oh Willis appears. Oh my gosh! I- I'm pretty sure. Now, now you're going to make I, me doubt myself. I don't know anything. I feel like was there a TV show at some point? Or there's was there cartoons. Some kind of, there's cartoons. There's... Didn't didn't watch them. Didn't watch. I didn't. I didn't watch anything GI Joe. This is the very first thing GI Joe I've ever seen in my life. I've produced a theater parody of GI Joe, uh, in a Shakespeare version. Okay, so that that may have been all I've seen. Then you may have seen that, and I have been. I, I mean, I'm deep in the lore during that time, although it didn't help me today at all. <laughs> um, 
So let, let's talk about this thing. I want to begin in the weirdest place to begin okay. and talk about some of the actors who appear in this film. Sure. Because I think that there's something to be said for the casting of this film, okay? Right. And I just want to lay that out from the start. That's, that's great. So Henry Golding's playing Snake Eyes. Yes. Uh, our lead from... Uh, crazy crazy rotations in which he drives up to a house very similar to yeah. <laughs> there's a moment in this he might as well just be right out he, of he crazy is rotations. he is his girlfriend in crazy rich agents in this movie he is yeah no, that's actually Fully. really good that's a good point <laughs> very funny um and i mean he does what he needs to do has to impress the grandmother the matriarch right. of the there's so many parallels. There's a lot of parallels. Wow. With, wow. Let's not say there's only one Asian story to tell, though. Let's not do that. There's that's true. But yeah. So anyway, Henry Golding, who's like just a fine actor. Like he does, he's a good actor. He's not extended very far in this film um, in any way, but he looks yeah. good in a close up. Yeah. And there are some mighty yep. close close up. He's got a raspy voice that if you're a woman, you'll probably like just watching him and listening to him talk. There you go. Good. Okay. But that's good. A little sexism you know, too in the podcast. A little sexism. A little racism. A little sexism. Uh, we'll um, throw it all in there. What else have I missed? So uh, the guy who plays Hardmaster, right, is the lead in potentially the greatest action film of all time, The Raid. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to say that. Underused, I'm going to be honest. Th I, that's exactly what I want to say. Mm -hmm. He's. He's completely spectacular, right? Um, and, I mean, a really, really amazing actor and uh, an astounding fighter. Yeah. And we don't really get to see him do that. And even the scene where he gets his real fight that I was, as it, as it begins, I was so excited. Which, we, which one? The one towards the end? The one towards the end when he's on the mat and the guys are around him. Yes. I was so excited about what, was, what we're going to get to see it now. Like, uh -huh. it's that moment. Uh-huh. Um, and we didn't get to see as much as no. I would like to see. Um, yeah, no. Uh, and he's, I just find him captivating on screen. The guy who plays Blind Master. Yeah, you have Hard Master and Blind Master. Um, hard, uh, Blind Master appears in both of the 300 films. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, oh. Actually, pretty exciting in one of the, the first 300. He's in Scorpion King, but... What I love him from is the original Spartacus series. The, okay. The, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. What is it? Stars, I guess. Yeah. Spartacus series, which I really enjoy. It's like really cheesy, fun action. Yeah. He is spectacular in that. And mm. again, in this film, wildly underused. I Absolutely. Hope there's, I hope there's 40 minutes of cutting room floor <laughs> material we can see in uh, can he fight well? Is that what is that what you're saying, or is like he? He's, he's both a, a really good fighter, a really good fighter, and there's a sort of he's like the old man of this kind of action, sure. right? And yeah. so he he yeah. presents it. He he adds weight to this, right. and I think from a casting perspective, when you're casting those folks, you are definitively yeah. making a decision to cast people who are are going to add some weight to the kung fu uh, or the sword fighting. The guy who plays Tommy, right, is the lead. He's in Fast and Furious Six, actually. Yeah, right? well, yeah, well, well, not really. He not played really. he played uh, HK Police, which I don't know what that means. Did they were they in Hong Kong at some point? Is that where they were in that movie? Uh, Hong Kong Police. Yes, they're in Hong Kong. Yeah, so he played a random police officer in that film, um, of some sort. So he that may is that the one where they're still in the safe. From the 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I they all blend together now. It's number six. He he is uh, the lead in Cinemax's The Warrior, which I think is the oh, just was it. picked up on HBO. That is extraordinarily well reviewed hmm. and well received. Hmm. Uh, and I thought he was great, He's, actually. I, I loved watching him on screen. I thought he was, yeah, great, he was great in this film. I'm I just trying to get this casting stuff no, out. No, go through, go through the cast. Um, go through the cast. Uh, Haruka Abe, who plays uh, Akiko, the security yeah, person, security woman, yeah. has done some really interesting work. But she, I thought she did a good job, too. I thought yeah. the grandmother was really interesting, the, the sort of leader of the clan. I mean, the thing is... I'm, just, I'm, I'm sort of tossing the ball slowly for you. So you can <laughs> the the entire cast minus Samara Weaving and <laughs> whoever played uh, the Baroness, I thought were totally fine. Did their jobs? Right. Ursula the... Corbero. Who? There's a lot of accents in her name, so I'm just oh, going to say okay. Ursula Corbero. Okay, I know the accents in the wrong place. Okay. There's... I thought everybody did as fine of a job as they possibly could with the script they were given. I think that's exactly right. They have right. to say words and lines that are impossible for any actor to ever say convincingly. <laughs> There's moments of exposition that are so bizarre. So bizarre. But you're right. I mean, uh, the blind man knows you're telling the truth even when you're telling it. Whatever the line was. Incredible. Dialogue. There's just stuff they say, man, that is just, it's so impossible. It's so impossible. And, uh, yeah, they did that. But, I, okay, Samara Weaving was the only one, really, next to... Um, the woman who played the Baroness was in a different yes. film. Sort of like an amateur drama of yeah, this version. She didn't know where she was. But Samara Weaving, uh, Scarlet right. O'Hara? I, I is believe, that what they call I believe her? they call her, like... Whatever, Lieutenant O'Hara, yeah. But Scarlet is her Joe name. I just... That... I don't even want to know why she was there. Why she was involved in any way other than just being a body to help get them out at the end, which they didn't need. She Correct. was just somebody to bring some firepower in. But her... the We've seen her. We've seen her in other things. She was in... Um, was that movie where she's hiding? Uh, she's the bride, and it's her wedding night, and uh, the family decides. The that hunt, they, I think. The, it's hunt, the hunt is that what it's called. It's right on HBO right now. It's something. It's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is. No, ready or not. Ready, it's or, ready not. or not. I'm sorry. Yeah, ready, it's or, not, ready or, or not. Here I come. It's like hide is, and seek, right? right the, yeah, right. It's, the hunt is the other where the the other they, they rich people do, hunt do, the other people. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> two two scripts. It's it's like the same. They, they came two, out at the same time. They're two right? log lines that were yeah. tossed out of two yeah. different studios. One studio sell this other movie got picked right. up. We got to do that, but with normal people. <laughs> we're doing that right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw her as Nix in, um, oh, the movie where Daniel Radcliffe has the guns both oh, to guns his hands. Kimbo. Guns akimbo. Yep. Yep. So, and she was totally fine in that because it fit the tone, <laughs> right? Like she fit the tone of both of those films. Right. This film, she felt like she was trying to be uh, Scarlett Johansson in Bla as Black Widow in a Marvel knockoff without trying to be Scarlett Johansson. It was just so very, I don't know. I, she, I, she was on screen. I was just like, what am I watching right now? And I think she's gonna, she and the Baroness expose something that we're gonna need, need to talk about very shortly. As we, we're not gonna be able to go much longer, much without longer with that. But discussing. let's just say that the script is, um, 
incom- I understand everything that happened. Yeah, so you can't say incomprehensible. No, I can't, because it was comprehensible, but the dialogue is impossible to deliver meaningfully. I'm trying to find the right word for the script, and it's it's I'm blanking on it because it makes sense, and it it all makes sense and doesn't at the same time. So one of the things I thought about halfway through the film, I said to myself, Josiah normally sort of breaks these films like as he's thinking through either like the story circle or sure. you break it yeah. through the sort of act yeah. process or, or divisions. And I'm like, this film doesn't work because things like, yeah, like halfway through something happens Look. and then you're like, wait, am I, is this the story of Darth Vader? Am I watching, <laughs> am I watching the Dar- am I watching Darth Vader? Am I missing, am I misinformed about who snake eyes is? And then wait, there's a jewel. They went in so many directions that you didn't know where they were going to tug you next. It was just like it, they all of a sudden someone's grabbing you by the hand and saying, nope, come this way. Come this way. Come look at that. And then the other guy is like, oh, no, we want to go right. over here. And there's like, I just you got to focus on one thing. You got to focus on one thing. I there was many times, too, where I was like, OK, Tommy's the bad guy. Tommy's got to be the bad guy. Right. He has a scar under his eye. He's got to be the bad guy, um, you know, but then he wasn't. But he is. Well, now he definitely but is. Spoilers. But he, but he isn't. And, like, that's a complex character. I like Tommy's character a lot. I think that's Tommy's com- character is really a, interesting. That's a three-dimensional complex yep. character. Um, he is, <laughs> Even though he had lines to say that were impossible. He, has, he is far more interesting than Snake Eyes is. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, and so I'm like, okay, he's a bad guy. At some point, there's going to be some kind of twist, and we're going to be fighting against him. And there was, but not in the way that I thought they were actually going to do it because I thought the way they were going, I thought the way they did it was too obvious for them to do it, (laughs) but they did it anyway. Um, I thought at one point, whoever the actual villain was, was going to turn and, and have a redemptive moment. That clearly didn't happen. Right. There was a, it did have that sense at at one point when he was with the grandmother that he was going to, he was going to, I thought it truth. was even going to happen earlier than that. Okay, all right. I thought that I thought Tommy was going to do something. Oh, and then they would and flip they positions. would flip sides. One hundred percent. Far too complex for a story called they were Snake Eyes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about it. <laughs> yeah. that would have distracted us more than it already did from Snake. I Eyes. have to tell you, I don't know why. There are people in the theater who were shocked multiple times by what happened. One of those moments was that when um, Henry Golding, when Snake Eyes figured out that his dice were loaded. <laughs> and I said, I, I'm like, he rolled him in the very beginning of the movie. He's like, those are loaded dice, man. He's like, one, like you think this guy's leaving it up the chance to just kill random people. Like, no, he's fully pulling a two face and flipping a coin and it's a double-sided coin. It's a, it's a, sorry for all you dark Knight people who haven't seen the dark Knight. If you haven't seen dark Knight, you suck. But you know, it was just like, there was just things, everything that we've seen in this film, we have seen, we've seen over and over again. There's nothing new. Was there anything new? Did you pick out anything so new? So let me, let me other say than this. The, other than the wildly distracting credits at the end with titles that I could I, not read. I have to say those credits were fully engaging for me. <laughs> I could not take my eyes off them because I wasn't but, sure what I they, needed to see. Well, you didn't know what they said either. I, I was well, trying to read the fonts. I'm like, so, I, they're so, all different fonts. There were people's names came up. There were many fonts. <laughs> and there were performers we saw briefly for no apparent Flashes. reason. In the middle, oh, yep. uh, the, the sort of introduction to Japan is drums and now we get to rewatch them and uh, no there was n- i don't want to say there was nothing new but there was nothing new there was nothing new I, because 
the problem was it's as if you took a puzzle and you have you know all the pieces of the puzzle like you've done this puzzle you've done all the puzzles in your house and then you take a piece from each puzzle I'm so interested and, to see where this metaphor is going and then and then you t- you say here make a new puzzle from this <laughs> and as you do it you're like oh i recognize this piece but it doesn't fit, fit. here <laughs> and then you make a picture and you put that picture together and maybe it's square and there's images you recognize it doesn't quite sit together but you can look at it and say, look, I finished the puzzle. Like, that's what this felt like to me. Okay. <laughs> because, the, as I say, there were, Tommy was an interesting character. I, I don't buy the love relationship with. No, 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 no I was never, so confused. Never. Um, no. There was not enough screen time for any full arc of anything to play out. R- right. I mean, Nothing. Akiko could. She could not have fallen in love with him. No. And if she did, she there's some issues, then she needs to go to therapy. Well, and... when she certainly shouldn't be in charge of security. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, that, look, we, we knew he was going to cut. We knew that Snake Eye, Snake, was going to cut <laughs> Tommy's hand and use his blood to get in the DNA-locked yes. ancient doorway to the gem the teardrop shaped gem from heaven which i have <laughs> which i have to say should be guarded way more than it is there's nobody standing guard there well, if for a person who if one of these people has been in a fast and furious film all you'd need to do is lower a helicopter and pick up the building no i know i know I mean, no, <laughs> th- as soon as they started that building i was like wait so it's a, it's a wooden building dom can it, get this in a hot this, second this is an outhouse <laughs> This isn't, it's not even in like the central building. Like this thing needs to be in the center of the biggest building. It is the most dangerous thing. And I mean, and that underused. That disintegrates and people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, fully. There are several moments where I'm like, look, dude, you just, just, you, just vaporize, vaporize what? him. What are you waiting for? I don't, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he was, plot armor. Well, plot armor for sure. And then um, cannon fodder armor. Cause yeah, there were yeah. people like he didn't kill so that they could. Be killed by his right, henchmen. Right. Right. Yeah. You needed the whole army to. Right. I mean, the the amount of effort he used just to blow up the top of the building was was like less than a percentage of his power. Like he so enjoyed it. Yeah. He did enjoy it much. immensely. Yeah, he did. Those guys who were at the door, I felt the baddest for the worst for them. So the door starts turning red. We know he's oh, behind yeah. it. Yeah. And they walk up they're, to the door. Like, hey, I wonder why this door is, <laughs> door is burning, burning right. hot red. Um, uh, let's just uh, go open it up for whoever's in, outside. Really, really it's, there's heartbreaking. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> you felt real bad for I them. I felt bad for them. I felt bad yeah. for some of the... And I also don't know who's alive at the end to take over. It seemed like everybody was dead but our leads. Yeah, um, no, the whole clan died. In the... and. I mean, we're stuck on the end. I'm stuck on the end. But I have to say, and you laughed out loud in the theater, that moment when they all walk together down, <laughs> oh, when they all join each other from a oh, different no. position. I, oh, I mean, no. I mean, it's a great moment. Why even but do not it in now? That, this film. Not now. Not even. Uh, this, this is what they did. They said, we want the G.I. Joe verse. And, right. and we're just going to give it to you all in like one movie. And we're gonna pretend that we're the Avengers, but we didn't do right. any of the work to right. get. We've there. done none of the work to get here. And so we're gonna give you the the six 
hero shot, this you know the lineup, right? And they're all gonna come out, and they've we've seen this a million times, and it, a million times. And I'm gonna say it still works. It's insane. Like yes. it's it's a thing that works, right? You line people up like that, and there's gonna be an emotional response from an audience. It's a great picture. It's a splash page in a comic, but it looks so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is outrageous. It's well, outrageous. And I I don't know why filmmakers are saying we have we have to do this shot. Everybody does this shot. We have to do this shot. Well, there's a potential that the studio said we have sure. two requirements for you, and we one of them this, is we need the hero shot. We need a hero shot. We need shot. the group hero when shot. When I tell you, I have news I'm going to drop at some point here that is going to break your heart. But let's let's talk about the story. You're just going to dangle that. So this yes I am. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying tonight's episode. So let's talk about the the story. So what story? That, right. There, <laughs> there's a thing that happens that I thought was going to happen in the last 15 minutes of the film. It happens at almost like the halfway mark. Okay. And it's the introduction of Scarlet. I thought for sure they were going to hold that GI Joe stuff back. For a very long time, you thought it was going to be like the the mid credit scene, no, or I like the G- Joes are going to come in wh- at the very when end. When the big moment was going to happen, I thought Joe would Joes would appear, yeah, and be allied with our Japanese folks in some sure. way, and that that would be how Snake Eyes made the transition, right? Right. And instead, the GI Joe mythology gets introduced very early, um, and we are suddenly in co- and everyone's cohort. halfway. Halfway, like no, like halfway through. Yeah. Uh, did you see me look at my watch? Scarlet popped up on screen. And I, I, I gave a little twist to my watch, watch, and it was, it was about an hour and twenty minutes in. And she does a if that like a, oh, it might have been less. It was far. Sorry, it was fifty minutes in. She does sorry, a fallout. Yeah, there, she does a fallout style bathroom battle, right? It's fallout, right? Am I right? Fallout? It is. Yeah, there is fallout. I. It, it's from. Yeah, from Fallout. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's, um, a, that's a that's a great action film. That's a great action film. Not, not to distract you, and and then suddenly we're it. This movie's about GI Joe. It's legitimately suddenly. Yeah, all of a sudden it's about GI Joe. All of a sudden it's about Cobra. It's about Cobra. I thought Cobra. You know, when you when you think of it's it was always GI Joe versus Cobra, right? Right. GI Joe versus Cobra. Cobra's the big, bad, the big bad guy, again. Right? Spectre. Again, they're, the they're they're doing the thing where it's like we're gonna jump right to the big bad guy, and we're gonna pretend we're the Avengers, and we're gonna we're gonna be against Thanos. Right. But even Spider-Man has to face, you know, Green Goblin before he has to get to, I'm talking like the Tobey Maguire version. Right. You know, or like he has to face Vulture, you know, if we want to go to the Tom Holland version. Or he has to face Rhino if we want right. to go to the Andrew Garfield. <clears throat> actually, I don't actually know. I didn't see any of the Andrew Garfield's movies. Um, but they jump right to the big bad. I, I kind of wish that they just had it be... That introduced at the end, right? Like that. Yeah. Like in those last. Give me, even give me, last give me a minor minutes. bad guy. Right. Minor bad. I don't need any of the Cobra or the GI Joe stuff. If you want people who aren't familiar with the GI Joe world to take you seriously at all, let's keep GI Joe out of this whole <laughs> thing for a little bit until I get attached to these characters. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, I think that that's that's your point too. The second GI Joe and Cobra come up, the second I say, Hasbro made toys and they turned them into a. And turn them into a movie, and, and, the, and it's cheesy. And the the other thing it does is it belittles the value of all of the characters we're watching. Yes, right. Like Fully. suddenly, Snake Eyes is not the leader of GI Joe. Right. So suddenly, like 
oh, wait, we're watching a second. Like, everything starts to collapse. And I think that's why they brought Scarlet and the Baroness in mm -hmm. instead of Joe and, like, Commander Joe and yeah. um, <clears throat> Cobra Commander. Like, they didn't bring in those characters because they would be too big for this film. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. And I have to say, and I, I don't know if you noticed, but the heels that the Baroness were, was wearing were... They were impossible for someone they're to wear. Always, in. they're always. Women are always wearing these impossible that was, heels that the studios force them to wear. They were. It was she. That woman must be like five foot zero, because <laughs> she was way off the ground. She was tall. Um, and she was tall. The, it's just madness. But I think you know she's a secondary character, right? Yeah. Um, in that world, uh, an important character in the core of the Cobra part of GI Joe. She's also not a. She's not dedicated to her work. She just left the gem there. She no, said, she really screw did. it, and she's like, I'm out. Like, this is it. I believe she said the F word. She did. It was the one. They're PG-13, so they get one F drop. And so, right? she and it gets can't the be related drop. to sex in any way. So that was right. That was it right there. Well, there, there was no sex in this film. There almost was. I think if you gave if you gave uh, security guard and and snake some more time, they were almost there. Well, they may have. They were almost sex they were in almost the there. their search for Tommy. Their I don't know. She didn't go with she him. She didn't go. You're right. He just she's took like, off. let's go get him, and then he and then she handed himself. him a uniform. Yeah. And he took <laughs> yeah. off on his motorcycle. Yep. The motorcycles were beautifully silent in their. It must too. have been electric. Yeah, really yeah, lovely. Must have been electric. The Japanese are ahead of their time. They, <laughs> they, we all need electric motorcycles that is over true. here. So, I have to tell you, I this is the movie I wanted. Okay. I wanted, well. If I'm still talking about the G.I. Joe universe here, I guess. There is one particular scene where they're fighting in the city and it's neon. And I realize I want a I want a neo noir, neon noir uh Japanese samurai ninja action flick. Right. That's what I wanted from this movie. Um I mean when we first saw the trailer for this film. You, I was very intrigued mm -hmm. up until the word Cobra came in. <laughs> and then I said, I, I don't have much interest, but I'll go see it. And I still want this. I mean, this this movie made me want to go and play Ghost of Tsushima on my PlayStation. Right, right. I want I want more Japanese samurai stuff. And I want less of the gun action battles. So, so let's talk then about the thing I know probably bothered you. And that was the fights. Gosh. Can we talk about the fights? Did you, you didn't see me when I, I was trying to stabilize the footage in my brain while the first fight was happening in the, uh, in the cage, the cage match, the cage right. match of death. That was a full on like death match. Look, there's no, I, if I was his, so we're going to start from the beginning. <laughs> if I was fighting snake in that opening fight, yeah. you just need to throw him into the concrete. Yeah. He kept throwing him between the concrete right well people don't they're dumb they don't make sense the, these characters uh, i don't uh. so so anyway yeah so so we're at the beginning and the fight is not stabilized right oh at the beginning and in the middle and at the end and and yeah. even and not even in the fights no that's what i want to bring up not that's even in exactly the fights and it wasn't shaky cam this was jitter cam this was like it looked like they it looked like th they had some guy running around with a camera. No, they, not they, even in a cage or anything. No, no, no support rig. 
just they just handed a guy a red. They didn't put it in or, or an Aerie Alexa and just go run after him. No, you don't have any handles. Hold the camera <laughs> as best run. you can. There were, it was so your lens does not have image stabilization either. By the way, when the when they're working for the yakuza and Tommy's about to be killed, and you know Snake makes the decision to not kill him or whatever. Yes, plot whatever plot. Yeah. portion of the plot we want to talk about what that decision was um they run down like yes. towards gates and that's yeah. that moment yep and i would say as a filmmaker everyone should watch that sequence because they need to know you need to get stabilization it was so bad it was so bad it was like they it was like they almost shot on that was the worst it was it got better after that it did that, that, it fully I, did get that better. that was nonsensical it was movement. it was almost like somebody stole their equipment they needed to rent some crappier equipment to finish shooting the scene and that was all they had to work with it was terrible and on a 40 foot screen i'm like i get my eyes can't make sense of what's happening in front of me it felt a little like found footage it did it did it felt a little like a found footage footage met jason Bourne. right i mean it was so that was so much there were several moments where the camera backed out on a fight scene and Mm -hmm. we saw a really good fighter do some fighting Mm-hmm. And, then and then I go right back in. Right back deep in. I, right back in. I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand why knowing who you have in this film. I, dude, I know. Like, I know. You know what I'm going to say. You knew I was going to say I it. I knew. You know, one, I hate shaky, shaky cam. We can abolish that. Just get rid of it altogether. Nobody cares for it anymore. It's not 2002. <laughs> the second thing is let the actors yeah. do the work. I'm going to bring up Jackie Chan again. I think people, if, look, whoever's listening, go back and I want you to listen to all of our podcasts. Let me know how many times I say this exact thing. The reason Jackie Chan is so fun to watch <laughs> is because they give him the dang wide shot and they just let him do his thing. And he's choreographed it and he's... And yes. Right. Yeah. And well, obviously they choreographed this whole thing too, but they don't trust the actors to do the work. And you know, like based on who's in this film, I don't know about Henry Golding. But I imagine that Henry would have trained enough to be able to, to do the work. To right. do the work. Or, but the other or, guys all he's in a good. mask half the right, time. Right. I don't know what Henry Golding's eyes look like from ten feet away. <laughs> I'd give throw a different guy in there. But, I mean, the uh, there are fight scenes in the raid where the camera is yeah. where we watch every single body motion. Yeah. Like, and that's the ballet of that that mm-hmm. that original sort of. Yeah, gunkata, whatever we want to call it. Right. Um, That's why John that Wick begins. is fun to watch exactly. too, because they let them do the work. Right? But, but with you know, with those films, we have the game with like John Wick. We've it's so hyper stylized. Yeah. He, here in this Japanese culture, I I mean, I think to the great samurai films of all time, mm-hmm. we're in a wide shot. We're in a wide shot. We want to watch these folks do the work. We want to yep. watch the skill set, and mm-hmm. that's what's interesting visually it this movie traded on close-ups yeah fully people in close-ups whether they were shaky it was, or still it was it was shaky close-up coverage we know that we it, this is the studio this is the filmmaker saying we don't trust the actors to do the work and we're just going to make this as stimulating as possible right because we know who our audience is and our audience this is when i knew the audience they were marketing to ready is when it said uh, when it faded in from black at the very beginning, it said Washington 20 years ago. And then I said, I don't care. I don't need to know it's 20 years ago because guess what? I bet you you're going to flash forward <laughs> and I'm going to realize that this man is a grown-ass man and not a 
six-year-old, right? right? Like, I don't need to know that it's been four years or however, four months since he's joined the Yakuza, you know? Don't tell, I don't right. need to know the time difference here. I just, just let me be. And they're like, we, we can't allow that. We need to tell you because we, our audience can't think for themselves. Well, for sure, there's a lot of very clear telegraphing of information for the audience. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Uh, oh, I hate it. Uh, I hate it. But that it says something about the filmmakers. It says something about the producers or the production company. Well, who are and those you know calls. what? The one thing they didn't tell us that I was actually caught off guard by because I started I started to become that audience. I just turned my brain off when I was like, okay, they're just gonna tell me everything I need to know. But then Tommy shaved and got a haircut, and I was like, wait, this is Tom, this is the same guy, right? Because right. I've only seen him in shaky footage, and now he's on a plane. And he, right. He's in a suit, and he doesn't look nearly as cool as he did. And I was a little confused for a second. They should have, they should have clarified that this was Tommy. There should have been a graphic that popped up that right. tracked with him and said Tommy. Tommy's playing. Tommy's playing. <laughs> Present this day. This is Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Present day. Two, Two hours, hours later. later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's pretty funny is, I, I will say this too, like <sighs> as efficiency goes, they made a ton of choices that in another film would have been excellent about getting people from place to place. Like unconsciousness, oh, yeah. waking up. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know, those moments are all really... That's good, yeah. They, good they, passage of time. Because right, you're like, with the character's point of view, right? You're right, with the, yeah, exactly. You're in the and so, so, like, those things really worked for me. Yeah. And if they'd played that Tommy Hugh shaved thing up a little bit... Yes. They didn't, I mean, if, if he had just responded, whoa! <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, That's even, a nice haircut you got there. But, yeah. but there isn't, it's just... Right. Well, he, he commented something on... on his wealth instead of his looks right which i didn't need i didn't need the wealth comment i needed the looks comment. which provided us with some time for exposition yeah yes yeah yeah there's just so much there's just so much wrong there's so much wrong so it could have been great it could have been nah it no, could have been okay it, it could have been right. good so it could have been so two things it could have been a good uh yakuza oh, yes. samurai film it could have yes. been a good Yakuza yes. Samurai film, if right? If the Yakuza was the villain. Imagine <clears throat> if the right. Yakuza was the villain exactly. instead of Cobra. That's who we needed. And if you just let the story ride and gotten rid of the G.I. Joe till the end, I'm willing to accept this as part of an attempt to start an extended G.I. Joe universe. So, but, but you got to think put all these the guys will likely start small. Right. They start small, right? And, and so that's how your legend of grows. interesting movies, right? Yeah. So, so give, give me two... Snake Eyes movies without any Cobra or Joe stuff. I would be interested. Right. With teasers at the end or post credit scenes or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Scarlet shows up but you don't know who she is. There's I don't I just don't understand why this DC does the same thing. Like w- Marvel has given you the blueprints. <laughs> they've just given it to you because they've done it. You know what I mean? Like you can build a GI Joe verse. You that you that's what you're doing. That's what you want to do. Just take the formula and run with it. Sprinkle. Don't start too big. I just don't know. I don't know. There's a studio. Who was the studio? Was this Paramount? Uh, it wasn't Warner know. Brothers, which I'm surprised by. I also I wonder how much Hasbro. Paramount. It's Paramount. Oh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Metro MGM. Yeah. MGM. Remember, because I, I, I liked actually some changes they made in their opening graphic. Um, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Remember, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a nice I, little I, film I caught that thing. It was nice. Yeah. I thought that was clever. Skydance is involved in it too. Mm. Uh, so, and of course, Hasbro. Um, so, <laughs> uh, all right. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop the drop, drop it bomb on you. I guess is what I want to do. So, I'm just gonna pull this up. 
Oh, tell me there's a second one coming out. Is that what you're, is that what you're going to show G.I. Joe, Ever Vigilant. Oh, Jesus. In production. Oh, Current cast it. is only a Samara Weaving, Henry Golding, Ursula Cordbero, uh, Iko Uweis, the, um, who is our yes, guy from, from the, the raid. raid, right? Yep. And, uh, the, and Tommy, the guy who played Tommy. Tommy Koji. Uh, so we are going to see your second Snake Eyes film. Like, yes, that is your second. Well, Snake look, Eyes film. I hope to God that this one doesn't include GI Joe, except for the fact that the name is in the is the. I think is this the is the GI Joe film. The GI Joe forces reinstated for a confrontation when the Cobra terrorists acquire a deadly new weapon, which actually could be much of the description of Snake Eyes. Can you read that again? Yeah, I was just going to say, that's the exact thing. The G.I. Joe Fourth is reinstated. That's the weird part of it. That's strange. But I think that's because we're going to see all new characters from the previous two movies for a oh. confrontation when Cobra terrorists acquire a deadly new weapon. Yes, and there's no date for that production and it has a very Asian-looking sort of cover design. Well, that was the um, that's the ring that he put down. That's the, yes. uh, that's the design on the ring. So there you go. Um, I just don't I, uh, so I just want to say, why? I, because because of I love our podcast so much, I'm just going to read you the cast of uh, <laughs> the original G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra film. I'm telling you, Channing Tatum. Dennis Quaid, Channing Tatum, uh, Sienna Miller's in it, Christopher Eccleston's in it. Um, uh, they they had money thrown at them. That's why they were in it. Yes, I mean, it's just character after character. And then I'm just going to tease the second one. I just can't. So in G.I. Joe, Retaliation, um, uh, The Rock, Bruce Willis, Jonathan Price, um, Ray Park played Snake Eyes in that. Ray Stevenson's in that. um, Ray Park. Channing Tatum's pack. The RZA plays Blind Master in that one. Really? uh, Which they really could have used the RZA here. This can't be the same universe then. Well, I think, or there are multiple blind masters. Well, I think we might see multiple masters. I, I don't know. It it just seems like at some point they're gonna, they're going to need to pull that all together. Oh. But so I mean, all of these actors who should have carried these films, it seems like there is some force that prevents them from doing what they're going to do. Oh, some oh, sorry, some force that pre- prevents. The movies from doing what they're from being do. successful, right? Yeah, it's it's awful filmmaking and this probably poor script writing. And all, by probably, I mean definitely poor script writing. And all through the hands of people who are more concerned about, about merchandising money. and money. And mm-hmm. I think that you need to hear Hasbro's in the background of all of this, and that that is yeah. probably causing yeah. serious oh, yeah. damage, right? Do you know why their motorcycles were so cool? Because they're going to sell them. Yeah, in no. miniature form. You're they should right. sell them in large form. Sure. But miniature form for sure. And you have at least well, you, you have at least three Snake Eyes costumes. And you have six figures you can and stand a in a row. Costume. You can stand six figures. You can stand six figures. You know they have Collect all them six all. figures. Yeah. Collect them all. Uh, and that gem one, uh, it'll be like Snake Eyes with his action gem. And yeah. then Tommy with his action but gem. This wasn't a kid's movie. Uh, yeah, I That's guess. That's the thing. I just don't get like what is? What, I'm not going to go out and buy. I don't even know how to get my hands on Hasbro stuff. There yeah, used but, to be. A, was there used to be a Hasbro store? I feel like in the local mall. I don't know if there was a Hasbro store. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of Mattel. But I think that that Hasbro KB Toys has owned. Like, there's this toy store that. Yeah, that's had what, lot, it, right? was. That's what it was. That's what it was. And 
you know, these are going to be six inch figures or nine inch figures and they will be collectibles and the whole works. And I can feel that marketing coming out, oh. uh, just in the same way that, you know, and we're going to review at some point space jam in a multi podcast version, yeah, but in something. the same kind of merchandising that space jam is where the merchandising is leading the way. Right. And I think that what we need to just acknowledge is that is what destroys the capacity of these films to be in the hands of people who can do the job because yeah. you, no one's great filmmakers aren't going to want to bury their talent in a corporately controlled script and right. filmmaking process. The dailies are going to be sent back to Hasbro for approval. Right. Right. The toy company is going to be the one deciding, you know, what's happening. Well, and same with the studios, right? It's all going to be about the money. Right. And if you can have an, have an entertained audience, who are going to leave the theater and say to your friends, yeah, this was that was a lot of fun. You should go see that. You should go see that. Yeah, definitely see that in theaters. There's, I mean, people like you and I aren't going to go to a movie like this. Right. If we weren't podcasting, no, we would not I would not have this. been in right. this theater. Um, am I glad I saw it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it nonetheless. And I can't say I'm better for it. But I do know how to not make a Snake Eyes movie. Right. I, in, in fact, I, I think those shaky cam or whatever, jitter cam, whatever, bizarre camera move are things I want to show on my filmmaking course this yeah. fall and say, if you do this, I'm going to give you one letter grade lower yeah, than you do. started. Like, <laughs> you're going to make a 15-minute film for me. Yeah. And if Your this iPhone has better stabilization. Seconds, yeah. I mean, you just can't. You just, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's real bad. Um, so... I am going to say that the other thing I want to mention is I, I watched Mortal Kombat on This on made me want to watch that because I hadn't seen it. I can't express how similar this <laughs> film is to Mortal Kombat, especially the opening scene. Hmm. The opening scene of Mortal Kombat might as well be the same opening scene. Of as, like the father? <clears throat> yep, the, absolutely. Oh, really? Wow. Um, I mean, might might just except for the fact that in... Mortal Kombat, it's Sub-Zero, and they freeze him, and here oh, it's of, Snake Eyes, and they shoot him and burn him. Yeah. Like, that's the distinct difference. Huh. Um, and there's that really weird moment at the beginning when the house is burning, and the and the uh -huh. guy, whatever his name is, yeah, yeah, yeah. walks past it, and there's and this, like, cut. really <laughs> interesting, like, super cut, weird yeah. thing happens. Yep, that doesn't happen any other time. And it, I'm wondering, is he supernatural? Is there supernatural something starting? And there is supernatural later. Oh, that was the other thing I want to talk about. We'll get to that in a but, second. But that moment was very strange, and it, it boded well. Like, that opening scene, I was like, wait. Yeah. Hold on, maybe there's... Maybe yeah, there's no, a, he was a man. He was he's just a He a normal guy. man. Chained to a chair later. Yep, and freed. And freed, yep. Even though he's a murderer. Yep, yep. He deserves... So, uh, yeah. so, uh, supernatural. Okay, well, it's, it's a mix of supernatural and uh, the laws of physics. <laughs> because, look, I am all for... If you... We got Japanese samurai stuff... If the physics don't apply the same way they do in our world, totally fine with that. Right. So jump. So when we see someone jump up a flight and a half of steps or, yes. or do a big jump, those things it's are all part, part of, of the genre. It's right. part of right, the. Great. It's part of that. Really I'm good. totally good with it. But it didn't happen enough for it to actually be part of this movie. Does that make sense? Like, there were times where it did, but it wasn't apparent. It wasn't in my face. Like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. Just didn't it? They I, didn't. I they didn't let me believe it enough throughout the film that this was part of the rules. Right, part of the the 
physics of the world that these yeah. characters live in. Yeah, yeah, they hit it too much, and so I didn't see it until like the. I mean, the grandma jumps like twenty feet at the end. Right? Yeah, and, it's and I great. was like, oh, cool. But, but I wish that I. I wish everybody was kind of living these same physics rules or we knew that they weren't living them because they hadn't trained or whatever right. along the way because one I, of the yes, things I about need, snake yeah. eyes is he never really gets any training no he they're just like here here's a bunch of tests here's a samurai sword yeah. and here's a samurai take your sword. katana you'll know you how to traded use some you traded some water with another guy here's a sword good job and, and let me say i love that water fight yeah it was great i love that idea yeah it's a great idea yeah it was great but he he needs to get some skills and i one of the things i love about this kind of film you yeah. know is that there's training is that people learn mm -hmm. how to do their thing yeah and i would have loved to see some investment in this, that well the funny thing is like he came with the skills already and it was more of a it was more of a very dangerous therapy session for him on you right. know what i mean like in all accounts um i mean especially the second test wasn't even a test or a thing you could pass or fail Right. It was just like let me let me take a look inside your head, um, which is awful. But I, I mean, that's where again I was confused of like what is this supernatural stuff? Because blind master lets his hand go and this orb thing starts floating, and he must have been in a dream. Like I don't know. I think he drugged him. I, I yeah, it's something. He fully like drugged. He right. fully drugged. When when it flashed back and he was still standing in front of the guy, I was like, oh, you just like blew some pixie dust in his face or something and drugged him with with whatever or hypnotized him you with hypnotized, the light whatever right you did you did something and uh that caused him to relive his experience so i bought into that i was like that's less supernatural now than it is just illegally drugging somebody but then there's a gem from heaven but then there's a gem from heaven and i'm actually also okay with the gem from heaven more than i am with the jumping <laughs> Be, because that's because it was set up you know what i mean like it's part of <laughs> It's part of the rules. This is a mysterious thing. The jumping, it didn't happen enough for me to be, like, on board with it fully. I And believe me, I would have been on board with it if everybody was jumping. Listen, there's a couple of moments that... There's a couple of fight action moments that work really well. There's the, there's the jumping off of the uh, motorcycle. There's a spin move that uh, the uh, security officer does. That's like spectacularly cool. There's a couple of really yeah. nice fight moments mm -hmm. that we don't see them as well as we could, but like there's good ideas. There's that very strange moment where Tommy says, uh, he's a bad guy. We're, we're on the motorcycles riding away to try and get the a gem back. And they mm -hmm. do take time to have a giant fight with each other on top of that car. Uh, yeah. Car carrier. Carrier. Sort of, yeah. um, a long fight, which to me seems like Tommy needed to be thinking about something else. Yeah. And everyone needed to be. I'm not sure why we're rescuing Snake Eyes at that point. Even if he's fighting with them. No, I know. Right, because they realized that he was on their side at this point. But Tommy still needed to... Save the world. I, it just They needed to save the world. ridiculous. But there was, there was some interesting moments there. But that was another one of those places where the camera motion didn't track completely. There were gaps uh -huh. in their movement. You know, well, you can't track very questionable experience. CG stuff. Very questionable. Like there was some, there was the bike explosion. Any explosions were not not great. Uh, and there was the green screen that was used for that last sequence. There was 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 not great. I don't know. I'm gonna be nice and say it was not great. So can we talk about the third trial briefly? 
Yes, the snakes, the three snakes. Yeah. The triple snakes. Well, we may have some security yeah, coming security our way. Security may come up to check on us right now because we're again, as usual, sitting in the parking lot. Oh, maybe not though. We might. Um, no, okay. maybe there's something more emergent that he has his lights on for. Um, yeah. So you know, the snake thing. The instructions are go down and press the button, the tile. Yeah, press right? the tile. You'll know it when you step on it. Good yeah. luck. Talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then Akiko, I guess that's her name, the security woman, she violates all the rules. Yep. Yep. She just swings why, and kicks why, the snake. I don't know why she does that at all. The snakes were. Because she's in love. She's in love. The she snakes in were love. gigantic. Giant yeah. anacondas. Oh, yes, giant anacondas. That's right. That's right. I was a little shocked at that, too, when they came out of this. They're, they're, they're holding. And I was like, of course they're snakes. His name's Snake Eyes. Of course they're snakes. Right. Stupid. Again, I I thought it was going to be a bear at first. I was kind of hoping it was going to be a bear just because I thought Snake was too well, on the nose. Well, it's also because you saw that bear in the uh, preview for, um, what's it called? I saw a bear in the preview. Oh, bear in the preview. <laughs> he almost ate the guy's genitals. Oh, that's right. Oh, in the jackass In the jackass. <laughs> in the jackass forever. Yes. With a heart. Yeah, with a heart. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that's cinema right there. Oh, my goodness gracious. So... But what I, my concern about the snakes is this. So this is the thing. Okay. First of all, a little bit of Harry Potter, right? It's a little bit like triple Harry, triple triple Harry, Potter, Harry Potter. Triple Chamber of Secrets. So, but at the end, the our, our Yakuza guy chops uh-huh. off one of their heads. Oh, yeah. I was so offended by that. I was so angry that that happened. Yeah. First of all, it was too easy to kill it. Yeah. And second of all, it's a big snake. And why would like why do we need to sacrifice a snake too? We've killed so many people. There's been so many. This is an innocent creature. There's a moment where Snake Eye says, "I'm not a murderer." When I'm like, "You, there are so many dead people." <laughs> and this, this is early in the film. And like, there's so many dead people. I think you might be a murderer. murderer. Yeah, if but, you've murdered or you've killed, you've I think killed. he's saying like he killed. So maybe he didn't say I'm not a killer. He said I'm not a murderer, and there's that subtle distinction for us. Sure. But the murder of that snake may have gone uh, over the yeah, edge. Yeah, that, that's what pushed you over the edge? Yeah. Not the disintegration of people with a magic stone from heaven? Uh, the first guy who got the sun blown stone. up looked like he knew that what was, was going to happen. N- he looked like, why was I being picked right. from this trio? Can you pick that guy to my left? <laughs> right. What about him? A good little bit of acting by yeah. a bit player. He's yeah. there for one day. Yeah, it was great. You know, I felt bad for him. I felt for that guy because he was working. He, and was, he was doing gone. his job. He was gone. Um, Poor guy. Yeah, this should have been a Yakuza film. Yakuza, Yakuza versus Snake Eyes. Be a great. It would have been. It'd have been a great good film. Could have been yeah. good film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Been good film. And it would have been a film I would have enjoyed. Set in either set in L.A. or set in Tokyo. Would have been fine. I love the idea of going to Tokyo because I'll say this too: some of the settings were beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. We get yeah. to Tokyo. We get in that whatever it is, the ancestral monastery. I don't, I don't even know the home. Whatever yeah. that space really is defined as. It's like a castle. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Like there there are places they went, whether it's on one location or twenty five. Oh, it was gorgeous. That were really beautiful. And for me, getting out of LA gives us the opportunity to see that kind of beauty. And mm. uh I'm you know, I like Asian cinema and I mm. like uh, I like that world and uh it is inter- it's beautiful to see the lushness of it and the architecture and the use of yeah, light for in sure. it, even if 
light isn't motivated <laughs> much of the film. Yeah. The light, when there's lights, lamps, whatever, lanterns, they're beautiful. That, that stuff I, I found yeah. really attractive in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I think, I think that the, I mean, I don't even know, man. I, I have thoughts and I don't have thoughts all at once because I just, I don't know, I can't hold this film to like a high standard at right. all because the filmmakers just don't take it seriously. This felt like a job that filmmakers were like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do this for the money and then we'll go and do something that we actually want to do. Um, and I felt awful because Henry uh, Golden. Golden got up at the beginning of the film was like, we're very proud of this movie, mate. And I'm just like, I don't I'm think this movie. I'm glad you saw it in the theater. Yeah, I, I don't think this movie is going to be the film that you want it to be. But sure, uh, I'm sure it was fun to work on. I'm sure that everybody on set had a ball shooting this thing. And they, because it's, because they know what it is, right? Like this is a right. G.I. Joe film. Right. And it, that's always going to be the case until you start rethinking how the G.I. Joe franchise needs to exist. And you got to start small. You got to start small. We've talked about this with Marvel in the past of like, let's take the second string, the third string bench and just like, let's build small with it and get people genuinely interested in character over plot and action and all that crap. And, uh, well, and that's certainly what we're seeing Marvel do. Uh, across the board, right? Yeah, and we're going to be spending the rest of. But the I'm, you fall know, I'm some guy that. who has no idea about anything GI Joe. I'm like Snake Eyes, cool. I was in. I'm like, yeah, samurai style ninja stuff. That's that's awesome. Any literally any guy is like, yeah, cool. I don't know anybody who's right. like ninjas. They're not cool, right? And um, yeah, so I was down, and you, you know, you just kind of cheese ball it up with Cobra and GI Joe and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, in the hands, this film in the hands of. Um, Oh, what's their what's the studio name that does John Wick? Um, I don't know, eighty seven eleven, I think. And and they are, I mean, you put them in charge of the action. You put them in charge of of, of how this thing's going to be shot. You put uh, Chad Stahelski um, in charge of all this stuff, or David Leach in start of in, in charge of all this stuff. And all of a sudden, the action goes through the roof. Right. You're you're seeing actual actors do the real work, or or at least stuntmen stand in for them doing the real work. Right. I mean, I have to tell you, when whenever Tommy would drop into his stance with the double samurai swords, I would say, "Oh, this is oh, well, this he is great, gonna right? be so good." That's because he knows what he's doing, and right? Because and, yes, and because it was a wide shot, like yep. it was wide enough for me to see the full body stance. There's that and then, moment with him. And then he'd go and, and swing, and he, it would just you'd lose it. I'm like, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's the read right on the film is that it is it's placed itself. So in the 1980s, this would have been a frontline release. Yeah. Like and people would have gone to see it and loved it. And yeah. then it would have showed up on HBO and it would have watched 50 times. Right. Yeah. But our our content is so we have so much content right now that is available to us that this film is going to have a difficult time finding its place because there isn't room for a film that wants to be a B-movie mm. in the industry right now, mm -hmm. in regular theater release. Yeah. Um, it could be a B... I mean, it could be a fun B-movie to watch, right? If they knew it was... If they if they treated it like a B-movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about tone. Again, it comes down to tone. It comes down to, you know, self-awareness. And it doesn't mean camping it up, right? Right. It just means doing the doing it so that it meets the needs of the story yeah. uh, at whatever level you can produce it. Right. Right. And so you have these good actors 
who some of them were really talented with weapons and mm-hmm. with fighting. Let them do that work. Yeah, I don't need a I don't need a motorcycle chase scene. I don't need a not so great, you know, fight on top of a car carrier. Right. I need you know? really good I want some samurai action. action, right? Give me some samurai action. Um you don't need to include six heroes fighting a bunch of baddies. You need one guy, right. maybe two, and if you want three right. fighting a horde of people, right? Again, Jackie Chan does it all the time, mm-hmm. one versus 50, right? All the time. Right, and that should be unbelievable, and it's not because we're watching it happen. Yeah. And here, there's moments where that same thing happens where you're like, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm that not sure that can do that. I'm not sure you can know, do that. Yeah, uh, I have to say, um, most misused set that that uh, safe place, that safe where the gem is being held. I wanted the. I wanted a. I want a Tommy versus Snake fight uh, would have been in there. Fantastic with all of those lights. And God, a big would open have been space. Beautiful. Like yeah. it, it was a beautiful open fighting space. Would have been so pretty with all the lamps hanging down. And we just, we just, and, and again, when the fight actually happens between Snake and, uh, what's her name, Kiko? Kiko, I think her name's Kiko. When it happens between them and there, it's very brief, and it's all in close-up. Right. Give me the wide shot, like, it's, it's literally a symmetrical room with, right. with practical lighting, and it's beautiful, and you don't utilize it. So it's just, it, the whole film is just uh, a constant, you know... It's it's missed opportunities. Yeah, fully. And whether or not, fully. I think that's the the only thing I want to check one more thing while we're sitting here. But it's missed opportunities, and it's not. But I want to also say it's not a bad film. No, Do you understand what I mean? No, full. Yeah, it's not a bad film, but it's a forgettable film. Right. It's a film that I'm. You know, you're gonna you're gonna say to me in five years or, or six years, you're gonna be like, hey, remember that Snake Eyes film? And be like, uh, oh yeah. Not really, but yeah, I know what film you're talking about. I don't remember a single thing that happens in that film, but I, I know what film you're talking about right. because it's not going to matter in the long run because maybe one more G.I. Joe film will get made and then nothing else will be produced for the next six years. And then they'll try to start it up again. Right. You know? Yeah. They're just going to keep trying to reboot this thing. And uh, eventually Hasbro's going to run out of money. So the director of this directed Red. Yep. Insurgent yep. and that gang of films and oh, Allegiant, Man. Divergent, right. all those that that stuff. I yeah. don't think he did Divergent. I think he just did the other two. Oh, gotcha. I mean, he may have done more. Oh no, there were four books, and I think only three of them yeah, got made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so he did Flight Plan too. So you know that sort of middle of the road. Yeah, um, it, the the films that don't actually take off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, sorry, Allegiant and Divergent and Insurgent. Like, you are the B movie of Hunger Games, right? Like, you right. came out at the same time. Sorry, you're getting, you, you get your second string. This film fascinatingly doesn't trade on nostalgia though, as it, and it could have. It mm-hmm. could have really laid into like my boyhood memories of G.I. Joe. Sure, yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't do that. As in so, like they could have Easter egged it up? Yeah, or, or Which even they just did laid there, but... into it. Not, not like they could have. No, no. I mean, no, just not no. like they could have. Yeah. Um, and that, that to me, I don't know if that's honorable or not. I don't use the word honor in relation to this film. It's funny because of how they talk about honor. Um, <laughs> but the, but at least it's you know it's a thing that they didn't fall into that trap. Yeah. But I think that's because the mission of it wasn't about that at all, right? The mission is about selling some toys and yeah. making some money and getting a sequel out. And yeah, you it's know, all about sequel. They've signed all these guys for two. Their, their names are on the credits already. 
for the next film yeah. because they are signed. They are contractually right. liable to, to do the second yeah, film. Exactly. At least two films. They're probably a three-film deal, right, where the yeah. third one will be a G.I. Joe straight-up film, and this one, the next one's the bridging movie, and then the last one will be the whatever, the, Man. the trilogy. Man, these poor actors having to do that. I don't know. It takes away, right? Like Henry Golden's like, hey, we uh, I actually want to do this other film, but shooting comes you know, same time as this G.I. Joe film I have to do, and I actually want to take this other film, but now you can't because you're stuck with three, right. you know, three contracts for a, uh, a G.I. Joe series, and then all of a sudden you don't get the big break that you really, really need, even though he's had it, but he could do better. Yeah, he, he certainly has some other work I think to do. I, I want to see him expand his range a little bit more because I actually think he can do it. I just don't, I just don't think we've seen him in the right roles. Yeah, I, and I want to see some of these other folks. Yeah. In, in, a, in another film. I mean, I, I would love to see a really great samurai film with some of these leads. I mean, I think it would be great. I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know their actual fighting skill in some of them, but certainly Andrew Koji is someone I'd like to see in the lead of a film. I think he would be captivating. I have to say for, for what is pretty much like a samurai film, we don't see all that much um, samurai inspired imagery from past cinema. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like we've seen more samurai insta- inspired cinema, Japanese inspired, uh, you know, cinema in in the Mandalorian than we have in yeah. in this film, and that's, that's in a, a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. This is this is set in the you know same universe essentially. Right. So like it's kind of a shame that they don't take advantage of the you know the inspiration behind you know what this is. So they so don't this- slow down. There's no breath. Right. There's no breath. And all I feel like a lot of I mean samurai sometimes feels like western stuff to me right like it's well uh, it's about the space between the blow not yeah, the blow itself right, right? it's right. about waiting well, it's the same the thing it, right it's the same thing with a western right it's the right. gunshots the space right. between those gunshots that go off and they you don't get any breath you don't get any break right in this film it's just constant go 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 and that's totally okay if you want it to be a mixed martial arts film because that's that's what that is and right. the dragon is like boom 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 right. boom we're just going to go, go, go. Any Jackie Chan flick is we're just going to fight as much as we possibly can, as many fists as, as possible. Right. But And this is the same thing. But it's, it's, again, they just didn't know what it was. They just don't know what it is. So let's do a quick summary and get ourselves out of here. Um, we've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so so just tell me the, the thumbs up, thumbs down parts. Like, just real quick. What's good? Oh, what's, what's problematic? Um in the in a summary in broad the broadest stroke stroke. Oh, okay. What's good? What's bad? Um, the the majority of this film's bad, uh, but I think a lot of the film's good at the same time, and so therefore it falls into this middle area of it's very mediocre, and so I think that the, I think that, I think that this, see, I can't even say the cinematography's good because the the the, like the visuals look fine from a lighting an aesthetic standpoint but the cinematography in, in terms of camera movement at times and fight block camera blocking they're awful like i can't i can't say one way or the other like that the costuming is great because i don't like some of the costuming when it comes down to gi joe stuff but i like the costuming when it comes down to traditional right. japanese yep. so like there's things where it's like half of everything is good the direction probably half good Right. You know, fight choreography, actually probably really good if we could see the darn thing. Right. And so I think that this movie falls literally half and half if they just did 
if they just showed the the audience what they wanted if they showed the audience what they should have seen rather than what the filmmakers tried to make us feel or or the filmmakers thought we needed to see to enjoy it right, right? so so instead of it's like trusting the cinema mm-hmm. instead of pandering to the audiences trust the audience response, to be able to right? do it. the audience is smart the audience is smart we are all versed in cinema we've watched we literally all we do is watch videos right and so we understand how this works we understand how it works you don't need to tell me that it's 20 years later because when you cut uh you know the face of a screaming kid into you know a match cut of henry golden you know getting his butt kicked like i know it's him it's also the only other asian character i've seen other than his dad right and so i i know that it's him I know that it's him. Plus, it's the star of the movie, and this is his origin story. It says it in the title, guys. <laughs> so uh, so I, I'm going to say there's some good actors in this film who yeah. may be underused, but when they nail it, they nail it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that... Uh, Again, a half good, half bad. Yeah, right? you know, like, I think the script doesn't serve these folks. There is, it's always that, for me, it's like the mechanism behind the film. So it's difficult for us to do our conversations about things like music and sound and lights and all of that. Yeah. Because so much of this feels like that's a secondary thought to mm. marketing and merchandising. Mm-hmm. And that so the craft of this doesn't... So this is yeah. better than it could have been, is what I want to say. Right? Oh, so, certainly. So there's choices yeah. in this film. Yeah. The choice to do Snake Eyes and go to Japan... Uh-huh. All of those are choices that make this film have a lot more opportunity to be the kind of movie that if it popped on while you were watching regular cable television, yes. you would leave you on leave in the on. background, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. There's no, there's no, and, and the actor, an I like the actors. Film. I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to see that guy from the raid, do that thing with the bowls. All right, let's <laughs> watch that. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, yeah. you know, th- this little action set piece or sequence that happens three quarters of the way through. Right. It, it's certainly fine. And I always love, and this is something that we can say about Minari as well, is I love seeing people coming from other cinema into what is more traditional American cinema and getting a place to stand. Same thing applies for In the Heights, right? The mm-hmm. Abuela character in In the Heights. Like mm-hmm. to get to see these like great actors from yeah. other cinematic experiences on our screens, and right. so there, that's that. That's what I, I'm gonna like that. Yeah. And so those are things I like that make me enjoy my experience for sure. And it is so. Um, it's so unbelievable that th- certain things happen, that. I did find myself enjoying myself because I was like, no, no, that's not, <laughs> no, he didn't say that. That's not, there's not a gem that's he shaped like a teardrop that. that has the power of the sun in it. I, I don't even understand <laughs> what's going on. My great fear is that we're going to have five movies and there's going to be a power of the moon. Oh gosh. The earth. We got an in infinity Rockstar, stone sort of infinity stone thing. <laughs> will co- will Cobra commander wield the we'll gauntlet? Wield the gauntlet of, like tears of the universe all shaped like teardrops if they do that then they've missed the opportunity to put some kind of really sarcastic spin on marvel like right like that's what you should have done but you should have right. just mocked the heck out of marvel and done that it's just the, the, it's an earnest film full of 
dishonest, betraying people. <laughs> that is perfectly fine to watch. And again, yeah. I, my 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 real response is don't go to the theater no, to see it. Watch it on HBO. Watch it on HBO. Actually, watch you know, it wherever. Watch it, but watch it on Paramount Plus. You'll Paramount get seven Plus. days that's, free. Actually, you're right. That's, that's where it's going to go. Go Paramount Plus, and uh, that may be what this is all about. Right? They may just be like, "Hey, we're going to get a bunch of content." It doesn't matter what it is. If it's entertaining to watch, yeah. that's what we want. Well, and we Paramount want Plus is living on the backs of one or two things plus Star Trek, right? Right. So, like, they're living on Star Trek and, like, the good fight or whatever. Like, yeah. they, they really are struggling for content right now. Mm-hmm. And this is certainly something that could turn into a Disney Plus-style series on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if G.I. Joe has the stature. And, look, I'm going to say this last thing <laughs> that I've been holding on to. Oh, no. I'm so concerned about Asian people wanting to be called Joe with the history of American yeah. military in Asia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, there was a moment where Golding may have said it. I could be a Joe. And mm. I was like, oh, no, my God, God, don't say that. Yeah. I There's no, we cannot expunge the history of America in Southeast Asia by like literally taking a samurai and oh it was turning them into a American militarized soldier guy who works for this white leader commander and a woman named Scarlett O'Hara for God's God's sake sake. Scarlett O'Hara is on the wrong side of the Civil War (laughs) can we just say yeah Scarlett Harris on the wrong side of the Civil War. She should not be the name of a major character going to Japan to invite someone to join an American military yeah. or international, I guess, yeah. military move called G.I. Joe, which reflects on Vietnam and World War II and Korea. Oh, my God, Josiah. It's bad, man. It's bad. What I hope this film does is that it I hope this film, one, makes money. And I hope they find out that it makes money because people were interested in seeing a samurai Japanese and not G.I. Joe. Asian-led film. Like that's Asian what I want. actor-led film. That's which what I want. Which is really fantastic, and right? And that's what I hope that they see. And therefore, I hope it results in a bunch of inspiration for more films like that. Whether it is, well, it would have to be for me, Asian-led Japanese samurai ninja random stuff like that like action martial arts stuff we're seeing John Wick's success in that I mean stuff like this is popping up but like let's let's make that more mainstream I mean you talk about the raid like the raid is not mainstream right you know let's make movies like that that are mainstream right you know that's that's what I want that take place not in the United States take take us to Tokyo and and let those characters do their thing yeah immerse us in I mean we love when we're immersed in the culture of other places in these films, even if it is in Minari in the middle of nowhere in the United States, we're right. still immersed in this Korean culture. Yeah. And we're, if we're talking about the farewell, like we've seen or the this... farewell or parasite or like right. all of these and parasites, maybe a little bit less of culture culturally because it's satirical on right that culture. So it's not like about, it's not the culture, but it's the satire of that culture. But I we want more of that, so I hope that this film kind of inspires right either studios or filmmakers to say like I can make a better s- Japanese samurai film. Why don't we do it? Let's do it. Yeah, and there and you know we talk all the time about the fact that these movies often come out in like little groups because Studio A has heard the story. Studio yeah. B's. Let's hope that 
you know, mm-hmm. whatever other studio out there, whatever other group out there decides that they're going to, you know, do the work and I, and, yeah. and not do a revisionist version, like right. do something interesting, do like something fresh, go something and new. dive into the genre and mm-hmm. make something new, not a reflection on the old cinema, yep. but something new and fresh. Uh, that would be exciting. And, and I hope it does that. And, you know, the reason to say to support this film is because we need to say uh, an Asian led film that takes place in Asia and doesn't have Tom Cruise in the lead is oh, like yeah. wildly yeah. important or, or, or um, Keanu Reeves, whatever, whoever it that's, is. That's the in, other name I was thinking. Yeah, of. Yeah. You know, we want, it's so good to see all of these Asian actors out there, even if they're British Asian, whatever, like whatever it may be mm-hmm. out, out there in lead roles, believe people believing they can carry a movie. We want to support that. And so that's why I For say sure. like, yeah. If it comes on HBO, watch it. Give it a couple of stars. Yeah. Say you liked it. Thank you for showing it to me. Um, in the same way, we ask you to give us five stars and then give us a real review. There you go. I, I can't. I can't express enough how important that part of this is to me. But it also is a betrayal, as Snake Eyes did to the family. The entire the clan. That entire clan. clan was betrayed by Snake Eyes. Oh man, really badly. Yeah. And Tommy he stole that out. teardrop oh. heart thing. The heart of the sun, power he of the gets sun. A lot of forgiveness. Sunny D, yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't get his head cut off at the end. Uh, Surprising. Multiple times. Yeah. He should have been killed. Multiple times. According to the rules of the. Never mind. We're gonna get yeah. done. All right. <laughs> listen, we want to thank you, folks, for joining us on this adventure with Snake Eyes. We have uh, our next film. In all likelihood, is going to be the Green Knight, and it's gonna be the complete opposite of this. Where, uh, which it could suck. It's not gonna suck. I can't imagine it's going to suck. But we're, I'm not, I'm not going to pre-review it, but uh, that's coming up next. We have seen Space Jam, so you can wait with bated breath for us talking briefly about Space Jam along probably with some other films yep. in a group. Um, there's lots of good stuff on its way. Uh, but if you want to find out what we're going to be watching or you'd like to uh, talk with us and communicate with us about what we're talking about, where can they do that, Josiah? You can, uh, well, first, I want to just say, screw social media and go to Letterboxd. I want you guys to be on Letterboxd, join in the conversation with us. You can find the movies that we're watching. You can see some reviews that we're leaving for other films that we are not reviewing on this podcast. You can see the films that we're watching. Uh, but if you do want to connect with us on social media, uh, which I guess Letterboxd is, in fact, a, a social media, uh, you can still go to RackingFocusPodcast.com and find all of the content there along with our social channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those places. And you'll be able to see, uh, you know, our Marvel page and our Witcher page and all of the other reviews we've done. So, And you can see what's coming up next. And Letterbox isn't just a place for you to be able to sort of track what we're doing on the podcast, but you can also see what else we've watched. And mm-hmm. in some cases, that can give you a guide for films you may never have heard of Yeah, uh, that are either good, bad, or at least worth watching for some part of their cinematic experience. So make sure you go and check That's us out That's a fun little there. app. That's a fun little app. And it's cool because you can, I really, I really hope so. I think it will. And uh, it's cool because you can kind of, you can follow people who have similar tastes in movies as you. Like if you like, I mean, some, I think your taste in movies and my taste in movies are actually similar, but we watch very different stuff. Right. right. And so if you want to follow what you're watching, Letterboxd is a good place to do that because you, you know, you like classics. Like yeah. you're watching a lot of Criterion. Some weird, and, crazy uh, stuff. Some weird stuff. Yeah, go follow John. If you want to watch some more mainstream stuff and see what I think about it, then come follow me. So I don't know. Yeah. And and that and 
once you get in the cycle of doing that and you start to post your own thoughts, then we can have conversations yeah. in that about those films. And we hope that you'll do that. Yeah. The last thing that we really, really need you guys to do, help us out, is the only way this podcast grows is if you share this with a friend. So if you are listening right now and you've made it through this entire episode for some reason. An hour and 12 to, minutes. Oh, my dude. gosh. If we talked for an hour and 12 minutes about Snake Eyes, that's unbelievable. I'm not even editing this episode. I think I'm just going to mix it, toss it up. It's got to go right out. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, sorry, guys. It's been so long. But we need you guys to help share the word. Spread the word. Share this with a friend who likes movies. And, uh, yes, help us get the word out there about this podcast. That's uh, it. That's all That's it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Well, good night. Next on the Racking Focus podcast, the guys will be watching and reviewing The Green Knight. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.